There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a huge welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. Wonderful to be back with you for uh, another week. And uh, for those of you who are in the United States or in a country that celebrated Thanksgiving, we don't celebrate that over here in the UK, but just uh, hope you had a good time. Hope you had lots of uh, turkey and uh, enjoyed uh, all the sort of festivities and and those sorts of things. But actually, you know, now um, that's all over. Um, we've got Christmas coming up soon as well for many of us too. Um, it's probably be time to start thinking about working a bit smarter and uh, and not harder, which uh, is what we're going to be talking about today with my guest today, Simon Barrett. Um, before we do that, um, I want to say a huge thank you to my guests we, we had on a couple of weeks ago before Thanksgiving, because we did a repeat last year week on uh, Thanksgiving. I think it was about giving and receiving feedback. An interview that I did with um, my uh, colleague John Jennings, um, but we the week before that we had an interview on uh, leading with love or leading with fear, and uh, on that show we had quite a, a, a fascinating panel of uh, people I greatly admire in my network, ex-show guests, um, uh, Rolling Boxham from um, from Holland, uh, her business is called Presence at Work. Um, we had um, uh, Steve Morris from the United States, um, who's uh, an expert marketeer, branding person, um, but also an amazing and so well-celebrated artist. And also we had um, uh, from uh, uh, we had a, um, a friend of mine from um, from Sweden, um, who's the uh, the owner of uh, Catapult uh, Partners. Um, and uh, we talked about this area of love and or lead. So uh, leading with love and leading with fear, and it was quite interesting. I think what I took away from that and having this panel discussion was that uh, I picked uh, three other people like myself who were very much into leading with love, and uh, we didn't really have anybody really fighting for um, being very tough and hard nosed. So I think we may, in future panel discussions, have um, a sort of stronger debate and see if we can find one or two people to uh, mix things up as well. Um, but so to, um, today um, we're going to be talking about, as I mentioned, about uh, smarter, not harder. And uh, this is a subject that's close to my heart. You'll be familiar that I wrote a book, some of you, called The Power to Get Things Done, whether you feel like it or not, uh, with Dr. Stephen Levinson. So I'm very much um, believe in this area of productivity. And, and my guest today would say to you, and will say to you, I'm sure, if you met him, you know, if you had three extra days a month, just three extra days to focus on what really matters, then how much more would you actually achieve? And what if you could ensure that your people also had three extra days each to work on your, on, on your business as well? You know, as you may be someone who's got a massive team of people, and if you imagine three extra days a month from each of those people and what could be achieved. Now, my guest, Simon Barrett, helps his clients who've included uh, some incredible companies like BT, Salesforce, DHL, Dell, O2, um, 
to do just that. And he literally helps them to strip out wasted time and employ methodologies that increases efficiency, giving them extra time for the important things. He's a director of a very impressive company called Smarter Not Harder, which is the UK's leading provider of time management training. And he's regularly working with not only major brands, but also entrepreneurs and helping them to achieve more in less uh, time. So that enables you to get your head around um, people around working um, productively uh, in this digital age, which can be very distracting. So let's have a conversation about some of the techniques and uh, ways that we can um, help people to um, manage their productivity. And um, with, uh, with, with the mm-hmm. coach that we've got today, Simon Barrett. So a huge welcome to Simon Barrett. Thank you, Chris. And uh, thank you for the glowing uh, introduction. It was very, uh, very nice of you. And uh, thanks for obviously inviting me on to your show. You're very welcome. And um, one thing I should say that's... Uh, you know, about you and uh, myself is actually although we're we're collaborating with this we're also slightly rivals as well aren't we in terms of our football teams we certainly are where we are well at the moment we are first in the league i'm, I'm a liverpool fan and uh, and and chris is a leicester city fan who are lined second so it's uh it's very very competitive but uh, very enjoyable to uh, to see us both uh, you know Fine for the top spots, but we'll see what happens at the end of the year, the league, and see whether we're still close friends. <laughs> Absolutely, we we'll have to say with a, with a wife who's a Liverpool fan as well that um, if there's a, another team um, beyond ourselves that I'd like to win uh, the league, then I'd be fairly happy if uh, Liverpool <laughs> won it this year. You probably part time you won it, doesn't it? Really? Uh, absolutely, yeah. It's uh, it, it's it's a funny old thing, but the most important thing we are eleven points ahead of Man City up to Christmas and that's all I'm thinking about right now but we'll we'll have to see it uh, it can be a very very rocky road Chris as you know but you know all I want to do is is to do what Leicester City did we haven't run the Premier League Leicester City did it why can't Liverpool absolutely absolutely well t- t- Simon tell us a bit about then obviously you're, you're a Liverpool fan you have uh, a, a Liverpool accent tell us a little about what life was like growing up for you and uh, and where did this you know, where did this uh, thing about personal productivity come? Have you always been good at it, or was it something that you needed to improve upon yourself? Um, so, a, a very quick snapshot of me: I uh, I grew up in Liverpool. I uh, I was determined to um, pr- progress with my education, so I went to university, studied uh, business and IT, and ultimately went into a more of an IT role. I was very successful there. Um, with regards to my productivity. Um, I had some good habits, but also I had some really bad habits and what they were tend to do, they were cancelling out. But what I generally found is I was working really long hours and uh, I had a, 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 a partner at the time and uh, we both were working hard and we were generally spending, you know, we were grabbing an hour or so in the evening and then getting ready for the next day. Um, so I kind of took my productivity more seriously when we suddenly found out we had a a, a new addition to the family on the way and I thought I had a, a bit of a moment where I thought to myself um, I'm probably going to miss out on big chunks of my son's life his, his name is George by the way so I decided then that I need to do something differently rather than be, you know, leaving for work before he's got up coming home after work and he's gone to bed and maybe only see him at, see him at the weekend and I've got a load of friends who have that type of relationship but I decided that you know I wanted to do something differently so I I started to look out there and start to look, okay, what can I potentially do? And and this is where, um, you know, smarter, smarter and harder come along. And 
we all kind of agreed as an organization we all had very very similar types of challenges in in our in our, in our lives somewhere um with, with regards to um work-life balance one of my colleagues was very much regard they were just working every hour gone sentence and we worked that we realized that this wasn't sustainable and it was affecting our personal lives so so ultimately what we decided to do um we kind of became obsessed on how people can work smarter and ultimately we've done about well about 12 and a half years worth of research on understanding on really quick ways on how people can work anywhere between 15 to 20 percent more productively so what i've done is is that we we kind of live and breathe this ourselves and we've been doing it for many years so i achieve all my goals i i work normal hours i see my son every single day but most importantly um a lot of our clients were interested okay well okay we'll be interested in how you do this so this is where we started to, to kind of um, put together a solution around what we were doing ourselves and a lot of the clients that we that we were working with really liked it because a lot of the challenges that we were having they were having too um, and then the program the, the program we, we deliver um, called smart working is developed and developed um, which now um, particularly in, in this day and age where I find that um, rather than working, I think technology is a wonderful thing, but I tend to find that even though technology is, is a great thing for us, it also has lots of challenges, which I found even more now. Um, and people are working longer hours than they ever have. And this is where what we do seems to be really irrelevant to what's going out there in the workplace. So tell to yourself, I, I kind of um, had good habits, some bad habits, but I think ultimately the uh, the arrival of my son really started to make me think that I need to do something different. Mm. And how do you, you you've got all of these uh, these great clients, and I know it, it sort of builds and builds and builds. How do you manage to maintain that? Because it, it could be easy, you might be super super efficient and yeah. um, doing things really effectively, but actually there becomes a point when the volume of work can become you know shift to such a level that actually. You may be working very smart, but you're still working very hard. Absolutely. And and when we work with clients, I mean, the number one thing we do is that we say, to, you know, this is about work, about, about um, you know, delivering your existing workload. One thing we do when we speak with clients, this is the reason where to make, you know, substantial headcount I mean, head, head reductions and to give their staff more work. What we do is, is we give them the, the tools and the techniques to enable them to manage their existing workload at 85% and then when it's need be to find that extra gear but sometimes we work with organizations where we find that people are maybe are even doing two stroke three people's jobs mm-hmm. and that something is a different type of conversation where that maybe is a, a kind of headcount type of conversation but the vast majority of clients we deal with it's a case that you know that they simply are not in control of their existing workload yeah yeah. So, so part in terms of so in terms of helping clients, then is that being being out of control with your existing workload? Is that one of the key challenges, or are there other challenges that people are facing? Um, there, there are lots of key challenges that a lot of our clients face. Is I mean that the, the things like I mean email culture, and uh, things like interruptions and distractions. Which now, if you think about the way that people communicate with each other, back in the day when when you and I, Chris, were starting our careers. You didn't have email, 
Um, you certainly didn't have the likes of, you know, IM, um, social media, all these things. And because now the way that we work is differently, um, people now, um, people's workloads are naturally increasing, but because they're accessible 24-7 pretty much with all of the smart devices that we kind of love and, you know, use every single day, those same type of devices cause lots of problems. So it's a kind of a link between your existing workload, but also as well, it's a kind of link ultimately to how you ultimately structure and manage your day. And this is what I do each day. You know, I, I, I kind of, I, I, I have a very, you know, today I've worked since, you know, since early on this morning, but I've, I've achieved all of my goals. I've completed everything. I don't have any kind of uh, tasks which have rolled over to the following day. So I uh, hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, and and so therefore this you know, this is about it's it's about your work, but it's it's also about. So we my my question is that with regards to uh, your um, your your focus, it is very much it's not just about work. It's also enabling people to do everything else outside of work effectively as well. So you know, fitting those things that are important in you know maybe Absolutely. like eating so this we talk about the work-life balance quite a lot and uh, what we try to make sure is that people achieve everything they do within that particular day rather than having to take things home. So the, there is a way to do this stuff and, and, and this is why we spend 12 and a half years worth of research identifying how people can work productively. And ultimately, this isn't rocket science. This is very, we call it, it's, it, it's simple, but it's not obvious, not unless you spend all the time that we've researched. A lot of it, one the, the actual training that we that we provide, a lot of people suddenly realise actually I should know that, but it's not that obvious. Um, so it covers across a whole variety of different types of areas, and we've identified, you know, the sixteen key the key the, the key points on what can make a person really productive. Um, and what we found is, you know, particularly that this is the really interesting thing is we call a thing called the Holdy phenomenon. And what we tend to find is, is that the last working day before people go on holiday, they are extremely productive, like you wouldn't believe, Yeah. only one to two times a year. So what we've done is we've done a lot of research on that, identifying what those behaviors are, and start to make people think, well, why aren't you um, doing those same things every day of the week, week in, week out? So that's what we do. But uh, a lot of it is emotional, but a lot of it is logical as well. So... Uh, that's really interesting. That I think that that is that just before the holiday is my most productive times of the year. It's just astonishing. Sometimes you write, get get a list out, blank sheet of paper, and write out everything you must do before you go. And it's amazing how you manage to get through that list, isn't it? Are you a slasher or a ticker then? You what, sorry? Are you a slasher or a ticker on your on your on your list? A slasher or a ticker? I put I put a put a slash through the middle. There you go. I'm just like you. Yeah, <laughs> get get it get it off. I've also had people uh, you know calling me down the uh, the auto routes in France and things like that. <laughs> Still on their list, and they're not managed to knock knock me off the list yet. Um, but uh, it is yeah. If you could make every day like that and get into that mindset, because it's partly mindset too, isn't it? It's, it's it definitely just, is mindset. I mean, I, I think a lot of people, uh, particularly things like interruptions and distractions, feel people always feel that they have to um, always say yes. Um, and, and, and in the work that we do, interruptions and distractions is a major fundamental problem with a lot of organisations. Who a lot of them, you know, they, you know, they've moved to brand new offices, open plan, and even that's a great thing for collaboration. But a lot of it is emotional, where people have well, people have an emotional tie to email. 
which we've found where they have to keep on checking it. I mean, a lot of the research that we've done says that a typical person uh, checks their email up to 74 times a day. They oh. butterfly in and out. And that is very much an emotional tie to it, um, particularly with regards to interruptions and distractions. People have a very, have a, have a, uh, a lot of people have difficulty in saying, um, in saying no, but maybe not saying no, but not now. And what happens is, is that these emotional links in regards to their behavior can often derail the day. And we call it a thing about actually winning the day. And that's what we do, win the day. But a lot of people that we work, they lose the day by 11 or 12 o'clock because mm. of these emotional links. So um, it's very interesting stuff. Good, good point. Well, we're going to go to commercial break now. After the break, we shall come back and we'll start to um, talk about you know, some of the strategies and things that we need to consider uh, to um, be be able to work much smarter and not harder. So we're back with you again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper i'm with simon barrett and we're talking about working smarter not harder and how to take three extra days a month um, out of your uh, working life, which uh, for many of us would be really very helpful. Well, uh, well, to get them back, really, so we can actually either do more or we can use it on those things that are important. Spend time with the family like Simon does with his son, George, and uh, and uh, um, 
uh, enable us to, you know, to achieve more. So we're going to be um, talking now about maybe some of the strategies and things like that. But I'm kind of interested to um, get a sense, Simon, as to whether we should be, whether it's energy we should be managing or whether it's time we should be managing or both. And, and how do we best do it? Okay. Um I think ultimately, with regards to, to to energy, it's about really how you should um, really start to free up more time in your day. And uh, well, what we say in regards to what we do is, if what could you do with those extra, you know, two to three days a month? And one of the things that we say that you should build into your your daily structure is regular breaks. It's really important because ultimately, a lot of people are working very long hours, quite often without any kind of break. They, they start at work in the morning, they carry on through, they eat their lunch at their desk, they carry on through to the evening, they'll take work home. So um, we always very much believe that um, it's a bit like the, the fallow field, a bit like crop rotation, is that if you keep on um, you know, um, plowing the same field, ultimately the, um, the, 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 the yield will go down. So what we say is, is that what we recommend and what we do in the program is that at least 10% of your day should be allocated for breaks, um, a morning break, <clears throat> a lunch break where you actually physically go away from your desk, and an afternoon break. Now, typically for me, uh, a break can be anywhere between, I mean, 12 and 15 minutes. My lunch break is no more than 25, and then the same in the afternoon. But what that enables me to do is to really recharge and reset, enable me to keep that energy going. And what we tend to find is that um, for... Um, for people who don't, um, they tend to find that their productivity will go down, will diminish, and also the quality of their work will go down because they're keeping on working and working and not giving themselves those rests. So I think it's really important that we all say, try to give yourself a minimum of 10% of your typical working day to breaks. That's a good, good point. How, and what about... When they say that we can concentrate for maybe, you know, forty-five minutes, um, an hour, and yeah. is it is it important? You know, can you have shorter breaks like that? I, mean, I sort of see just actually just going to get a a quick cup of tea and coming back enough of a mental break then to concentrate for another, you know, forty-five minutes to an hour. Absolutely. So I mean, a lot of the sessions that we do are on. I mean, that they are typically forty-five minutes longer to an hour, and the reason why is that you know the the, the train of thought. Um, can't often carry on that long. So what we say is you have these short breaks, which allows you to energize. But also as well, um, with regards to you know how you work, we typically, I look at a project I'm working on, and I will typically break that down into bite-sized chunks. So I will focus on it for a certain amount of time, and then I will take it to a particular point where I can then park it and then revisit it later on. So I tend to find that focus on one thing at a time, but most importantly, is to keep your focus high rather than going on for, you know, for an hour, two hours, three hours. If you break it down and take those breaks, you'll, you'll probably find from our experience that the quality of your work goes up um, rather than um, keeping on going on. So uh, that's from my experience. And it's quite often where a lot of the clients I'm dealing with, where they find that they, t- they build in, and a lot of clients that I'm working with don't take breaks um it, it's kind of what do you mean i don't take a break so um to kind of build that break in and then suddenly the, the feedback is is that suddenly they, they feel a bit more um switched on and they're able to you know apply themselves more fully during the actual working day so breaks really important 
Do you, do you think one little sort of mindset thing I sort of noticed is that um, you know me and yourself, you know, we're, we're, we're coaches, but also at times where we're consultants as well. And I often go in and I, and I spend days with, with clients working with a number of different people and working on strategic things and things linked to um, shifting engagement and people challenges and issues. And they tend to be very focused and very intense days because people are paying you um, well for a day of your time. And the way I tend to think about it with my own business is that I have to treat, treat that like a client as well. Because um, it's easy when to just relax with your own business, uh, when um, and and give the customer that focus and attention. Um, yeah. I just wonder if there's a mindset there that you've sort of thought about, which is about actually maybe taking your own work a bit more seriously. No, absolutely. I think it's really important in regards to how you apply this to. I mean, we have a thing called the eight to ten rule, where a lot of a lot of people that we speak with, they they will over engineer work rather than just actually complete the work that's needed. Um, we also tend to find that you know people. So, for example, if you give someone two hours to complete a project, they will take two hours to complete it. The thing called Parkinson's yeah. law, which means is that work will 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 um, will fill the time allocated. So, what we do is of our clients that we give them timers. We get them to start actually timing themselves on their reoccurring activities that they complete every single day, but also start to time themselves on the actual work that they do. So rather than actually allocating their working blocks of 30, 60, 90 minutes, we, have them, we actually get them to think about how long it actually takes to complete the work. And that suddenly starts to free up of time. And also as well, we tend to find that the human brain loves a target and a challenge. Um, so if you give yourself 35 minutes, you'd be amazed on what you complete in 35 minutes rather than your typical hour. So... Uh, we tend to find the brain loves it. Brain loves a, a, a challenge and a target. It's a great idea. That's it. seeing every piece of work as a challenge. Can I get it completed well in in that time frame, and then move on to something else? I, I like that. I'll make a personal note of that myself. And um, one of the you know, one of the challenges that my clients often discuss with me is is I get too many emails, and I I suggest that they start filtering them and you know getting rid of unwanted newsletters and sort of decluttering. And do you do you have any thoughts on email strategy? What what would you recommend to your clients? Um, there's a lot of email strategies out there. Um, the one that we that we do is quite a complex one, but all I'd say to you is the most important thing is that I do is to switch off your email alert. Yeah. And to only um, do your emails a certain number of times each day. We call it batching. Um, so switch off your email alert. Don't butterflying in and out. And literally check your email three or four times a day short. And then complete when you want to. Um, I tend to find from a lot of organizations, email culture is really, 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 really bad. And a lot of them spend a vast majority of their day and time on email. So all I say to you is, is that adopt an email email strategy, which enables you to, you know, focus your particular time on e- email, certain times during the day, rather than always having it switched on all the time. And the most important thing, switch off your email alert, that little pop up, because I think most people realise you are going to have email during the day. Um, I mentioned before interruptions and distractions. We tend to find that email. Um, is one of the worst distractors, and I mentioned before the um, the research, you know, which is out there. It's not our research that a typical person checks their email seventy four times a day. 
which is highly unproductive. So all I say to you is, switch off your email alert and only do your email certain times of the day. That's, it. That's great, great advice, really great advice, because you're right, it, you, you, you find yourself focused on other people's agendas, don't you, <laughs> rather than what's really important that you get done. Absolutely. And I mean, what, what we do in our business is that we achieve white space every single day. And yeah. what I mean by white space, I have a clear inbox every single day. So I have a system which enables me to manage my emails. That means I have a clear inbox at the end of every single every single working day, which is highly motivational rather than um, um, in our business. We, we did a um, we we have a record on the the, 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 the largest number of emails uh, within one particular person's inbox, and it's 107,000. Um, so we kind of challenge that to say, oh. your, 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 your email, your, your inbox is not your mailbox. Yeah. And I'd probably say the best way to see that, it's not your mailbox, it's your email. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, white space is uh, what we achieve every single day. I had a, a client in a, a medical firm who, it was MD of this business it was a good few years ago now, so I can you know, I can talk about it. But he, one of the things he said was his biggest you know biggest challenge was he got three hundred emails a day, and yeah. uh, he couldn't really he couldn't really cope. And I said you know could you knock those down a bit? And I don't think we talked about some strategy. I can. I said tell you what, would you um, is there anybody in the business that you would completely trust to have a look through your emails and uh, and maybe you know identify. That, um, any that could be deleted and any that could be uh, were important and uh, he said yeah I really trust the finance director so would you let him have a go for a day with your emails and he said yeah sure and sure enough he got about 300 emails but with the FD going through it he found six that were important and the rest were you know newsletters he'd signed up to and you know different articles and spam and um so you know if, if like you you able to do with your clear inbox just having absolutely you know well i have a um so there's there, there's a lot of functionality in outlook that a lot of people aren't aware of and it's only a case of how to apply it and uh, you mentioned you know a lot of people um cc it was a massive problem with a, with a lot of bigger organizations where CC, yeah. in a human nature i will see cc everybody within the business which if you think about uh, you know how long it takes to read an email and say you get 100 cc's a day and you'll probably spend maybe one to two minutes reading that cc if you start to add up the the amount of time that you're spending is a phenomenal amount of time so uh, I think there's something to be said to there is some functionality in Outlook which allows you to sift through maybe um, you know people who are cc'ing and, 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 and maybe some what you call email um, rules within there so uh, Outlook's quite good, but a lot of people don't realise that there is a lot of functionality in there. Yeah, 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 important. Also, also I think with OCCing, I guess you can, you know, if, particularly if it's a very small business, you can have a, uh, you know, ensure that your culture isn't one way. You have to be, people feel they have to copy you in on everything. I think sometimes with, I see with businesses there may be sort of 40 people, 20, 30, 40 people, is that there's um, you know, some fairly sort of dominant owners and people, uh, people think they must keep those people informed because they own the business, but that person ends up with an inbox that is just full of stuff that they don't need to know about. Exactly. Um, and when you're a senior leader, you know, you used, to be, you used to be focused on the strategy of the business rather than, you know, the, the way I see it, if, if they need to know about it, they should be emailed directly on it. If they don't, um, why are they being CC'd? 
Yeah, so I had that conversation with a client this morning. Actually, do you want um, do you want me to CC you on these emails that you're uh, you're giving and referring me to people? And because I just don't want to fill your inbox up. And he said, No, actually, it's it's great. It's important. So keep doing it. So I, I know I don't, I feel comfortable now CCing him in on them. Yeah. Whereas uh, I, w- I wasn't feeling a little bit of d- dissonance. So it's worth asking people. I think. So what about social media? Social media can really be a a time sinker, can't it? Absolutely, and it's a bit like um, it's a bit like when I talk about your email. I mean, depending on what your role is, if your role is press marketing, those types of things, I think social media is really cool. But in regards to if you have another role, you know, um, and you have a specific job role, um, I typically say switch it off and allocate particular times in the day for you to look at social media because. As I, as I highlighted a bit earlier on, interruptions and distractions can be huge and um, social media are one of those things. So in my mind um, and what I do, I have specific times in the day where I check my social media, i.e. first thing in the morning. That's why I do. I, I use LinkedIn quite a lot. I do all of that stuff. I switch it off um, because I realize I have a job to do. So uh, I think it's important that you reach a happy balance on um, how important social media is to you, but build it and plan it into your day, rather like when I mentioned before where um, people are butterflying, checking their email all the time, don't do the same with your social media because social media and email, if you start to add up the amount of time you're checking it, then suddenly you'll probably find that you have big blocks of time which are being wasted, and that's why people wonder, okay, why haven't I completed all of my goals for today? And why am I working late this evening? And this is where the, the time is often lost. Mm. I do wonder with social media sometimes whether, I, I, I think as a, a small business, I certainly experienced it. There was a time when I really used social media quite a lot and was almost you know, trying to you know, attract people to through through posts and conversation to end up having a dialogue with me, etc. And then it, got, it was a point when I suddenly realized, actually, I was better off spending the time working with and speaking on the phone and, mm-hmm. and connecting with those people who already knew me that might recommend me to somebody. Yeah. Um, I think we can, we can um, maybe sometimes put a little bit of too much overemphasis, particularly on small businesses with social media, perhaps. Absolutely. And I think, I think there's a time for it. And, and also as well, um, particularly a small business you're wanting to grow, social media is really important, very important in regards to social selling, um, sharing their message out. But I think ultimately as well um, that the job has to be done during the day. So as long as there's some structuring uh, into your day on on building that you know that, that that element of your day that you want to focus on social media. Again, depending on what your role is. I think you can still have um, a, a productive um, um, interaction with social media, but still as well get your job done. Uh, so we've got three minutes till commercial break now, and uh, I was in, you, you did, uh, asked me if I was a slasher or a ticker when it came to to-do lists. Yeah. And, and I, I wondered, do you, is there any sort of technology, and what are you, what's your thoughts about to-do lists, and is there any sort of technology uh, that you recommend? You know, people still use Wonderlist and, and things like that. Do you have anything um, you recommend? Well, well, the, 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 the whole concept of a, of a to-do list is a kind of a core to our, into what we do. And uh, um, we challenge to-do lists, and all I say to you is don't use them. Um, they don't work, and fundamentally they're flawed um, with regards to getting things done. Um, 
I think there is some tech out there. There's lots of stuff out there, but we have developed something quite unique and even trademarked, which challenges your your, your typical to-do list, which lies at the center of what we do and enables our a lot of our, our clients to structure their day in such a way um, that they understand exactly what they're going to be doing and then able to actually be realistic to what they can achieve in a day and nail it in a day. So what I'll say to you is, um, even though you're a slasher, um, it's um, to-do lists really are form part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. I, but but is it not important to just to, to actually just list down things that you're going to have to do that are important, or is that you it is? To... But um, it depends on how realistic you are to what you put on your list. I mean, sometimes we find that some of our clients will put things like uh, email and then do you know develop my five year strategy on your <laughs> list. Um, also, you know, develop the website. Now, our website has seventy four pages. There's no way I'm going to you know to develop the website. On, on one particular day, so um, I think what people eyes need to be realistic on what they what they what they put on our list. And what we tend to find is, typically, people do to do lists. Is that all they simply do is they you know they put right on Tuesday and then they'll scratch, scratch, scratch uh, put a line put they slash it put a slash through Tuesday, and they put Wednesday on, and uh, they have a lot of jumping frogs jumping from Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday. So I think I think the, the, there is a place for the list, but it depends on how what type of list it is and what you put on that list. So I'll probably say breaking, you know, breaking, you know, I, I think like the website, don't put that on your today list. <laughs> on, <laughs> on your to-do list, it's simple. Yeah. Like maybe put it in as a, a small task of your, uh, of your list. But I think people need to be really realistic and, and stick to your your to do well. Stick to your list. Yeah. Um, what you tend to find people add to it during the day, which again can uh, suddenly realise that they're putting um, Wednesday on the top of the list, and they're realising it can be quite um, demotivating when they've had an absolute. They've they've worked extremely hard, and they look at their list, and it hasn't really changed, which can be quite a demotivator. Um. So um, yeah, it's um. It, the traditional to-do list is, is um, I think, in the modern workplace, has had its place, but also I think it can it can add to the problem. Absolutely. Well, on the top of my to-do list right now is we've got to go to commercial break. So we're going yeah. gonna to go and do that. We'll be back again in just a couple of minutes, and then we'll find out a little bit about how you can maybe help your staff be more effective. Um, we'll have a chat about um, sales and uh, being more productive with sales too. Uh, we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Simon Barrett of Smarter Not Harder, which is a brilliant company name, actually. It really says on the 10 what, uh, what uh, Smarter Not Harder do. So um, we've been talking about, about social media. We've spoken about to-do lists. We've spoken about managing energy, time, uh, both, um, and uh, emails, obviously. Um, so I'm kind of in- intrigued now, Simon, if you've got any tips for leaders who really want to help their staff to be more effective with their productivity. Um, I think from what what we find is is that um, leaders have to be uh, considered what you call um, personified best practice. So what we tend to find is if if your leader isn't highly productive and also as well is is damaging your productivity, it can affect the motivation and the you know the the people that they manage. So what we tend to do is when we work with organisations is we tend to focus on the leaders first. This is really, really important. So if they can become, um, you know, um, um, leaders of best practice and how to work smarter, um, what we tend to find is that that will um, that will ripple out onto the people that they manage. Uh, and then the, what we tend to do is then we will we'll develop their people. So the leaders are incredibly important in regards to it's important that when they lead, they that they share and demonstrate best practice on how to work productively. Because if they are, then it's more likely that they'll bring their stuff along with them. That's really good point. I used to have a when I went work for Mars, the confectionery company. There used to be a guy who headed headed the function, and I'll oh, never never forget him. I can still think of him now with people with desks piled high, and there he was. Um, um, Barry and he, he, he's always had a completely clean desk and he would bring out one little folder with what he was working on at that point in time and then he would put that neatly back into his desk and bring out the next one and uh, he would uh, clear the text in good time and go home at a sensible time as well it was just uh, it was quite fascinating to see really the system that he created I think ultimately is that if, if as a leader you, you're a, mo- a role model and you lead from the front but also as well you you know you share why I'm successful and why I'm productive, then ultimately, you know, your, your, your staff will come with you. So I think it's really important because I, I've worked with great managers, but also I've also worked with really bad managers who um, quite often will disrupt and quite often will um, will always think what, what, what they need is more important than what, what you're doing. So I think it's really important that, you know, we, we talk about smart working. It is very much a team sport, so much a team sport. And if you, what we tend to find is if that you have the vast majority of people who are, but then you have a couple of people who are maybe um, disruptors, it can it can disrupt the, the flow and how the 
how the department or the organisation works. So team sport is um, is highly, impro- highly, highly important and leaders are an important cog of that. Yes, I think uh, there's a sort of the quote, you know, the be, be the change that you want to see. Exactly. comes to mind. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's um, really, really sort of thought-provoking that and making sure that you are uh, ensuring that your behaviour uh, matches um, the your aspirations about how you want everybody else to behave because you're right so they will follow you and they will be looking at you and uh, if you, and they'll see whatever you do as being acceptable so what um what, when it comes to salespeople, you know salespeople often face lots of challenges when it comes to productivity what what considerations do we need to have when we're helping salespeople to be smarter and what are the challenges you find they face I tend to find from working with a lot of, um, um, I work a lot, a, a lot of sales forces on their productivity, and the the things that I find important with to, to drive the productivity is ultimately the qualification process, is where I'm spending my time, i.e., which clients, which opportunities that ultimately generate generate revenue, rather than giving the same amount of time to my my biggest high high billing client to a, a, a low opportunity so what we tend to do is, is get, get them to think about really strategically and from a qualification process point of view on how I'm how I'm breaking up my day where am I spending my time and then ultimately then the the smart working piece links into that um, but for me Chris and from the, the from the salespeople I work with is qualification spending your time with the right types of opportunities and how you you know, generate revenue. So that's from from what I see. But I'd be interested to find out what your thoughts are. Well, I think that's uh, that's key. I've I've also worked with a lot of sales forces and 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 worked as part of sales forces and in, in my sort of past. I think I think that is is, is an important one. That qualification and um, I also do think though that there are some elements of the sales cycle that suit certain personalities better than others. So. You know, they're, they're, they're people, and I, I was one of those who, you know, love to have a conversation. I think you're you're the same, Simon. You know, we're, we're people oriented people, and we're quite expressive, and we enjoy talking to people that want to talk to us. Um, and uh, we may sometimes prioritise that conversation over actually, uh, you know, picking up the phone and and prospecting and and generating new leads. The so things that are a little bit harder because we love talking to people who want to talk to us often, but. Find yeah. a bit harder to talk to people who are, who are colder towards us, and I would say that's one of the things I, I noticed that um, often enough, not enough calls are being made, not enough conversations are being had, and connections yeah. are being had. People are spending the time talking to those people that they they already have rapport with. I think that's a really really good point, actually. Uh, you know, it's um, you know because we do a lot of work with Salesforce, a different a different type of program we run, and uh, what I tend to find is is that the you know the, the the ele- we've identified the 11 barriers stopping salespeople from, you mentioned, lead generation. Um, one of the uh, the top barriers stopping uh, salespeople generating leads is time, believe it or not. There just isn't enough time to do it. Um, so what we do is is that we kind of give them the time back. But the most important thing is that once they've got that time, Chris, is how they spend it. It's really important whether or not they want to be spending time on lead generation, you know, call, cold calling, whether they want to do, there's lots of different ways to do it, or whether they want to want to be spending more face-to-face time with their best clients, where they have the, you know, developing those relationships. So it kind of links into what we're speaking about here. It's spending how you spend your time. 
with the right types of opportunities ultimately to drive your pipeline and um, and obviously hit your numbers. Absolutely, absolutely. So what does what you know, what does um, working with you entail? How do you you talk about how we can give you fifteen percent productivity savings um, back? You know, how do you ensure that actually happens? You know, because you've uh, you can teach this information, can't you? However, you, and you can teach people to to fish, but they don't always then go on and apply it. Do you have ways to? No, absolutely. Um, so let me just frame a, a typical engagement. So uh, so what we do is we we, we speak with the clients, maybe that you know the, the senior management team, and we will do a, a consultation phase where we understand what's happening right now, what's current practice, how are they managing their time. How are they managing their emails? Uh, how many meetings do they get each day? Those types of things. And also, we will speak with some of the participants to kind of understand what current practice is. Then, what we'll do is we'll also send them a, um, a survey link, which asks them a certain number of questions. We'll take that data as well as the, the research data. And then what we'll do is we'll, we'll develop and tailor a workshop, for example, um, uh, a smart working workshop which can take anywhere between two and a half and three hours so it's very very challenging very focused and um, so we can deliver these workshops either from um, from face to face on site um, we can deliver them virtually now because of the nature of the clients that we're working with so we've delivered some uh, some um, some ones into you know, the likes of India and so forth or in the states and so forth so people can um, dial in to these workshops um, but now we're doing online as well because in nature what we do, we've developed an online solution. So we do the actual um, the intervention. But the really, really key part is the follow-up. And this is where we feel is that we consistently achieve um, 15, 20% plus productivity increases. And then from the, from the workshop, then we will allocate a, um, a productivity coach for, for the client and each, each delegate will get two to three reinforcement coaching calls that will happen one, two, 12 weeks down, well, three or four weeks down the line um, to reinforce, i.e. to help them, support them, to answer any questions, but ultimately to making sure that they're embedding their learning and starting to change um, their skills to become it more of a, some things which they're doing often to become a habit, and I call it unconscious competence, something that will eventually they will do naturally. And the coaching in particular um, really does, from experience on all the clients that I deal with, you mentioned the BTs, the reinforcement coaching can, can takes the, the productivity increases to a completely different level. Um, and then what we do at the end is that we will do an ROI report, an evaluation report. We'll go back to the the people attend the program, we'll ask them, um, we'll send them over a, a survey link, they'll complete it, and we do some very, very conservative calculations on how often they're using the tools and the techniques, whether they're using it um, some of the time, all of the time, example. And then we will then work with it, we will, sh we will present that ROI report, evaluation report, back to the client. Uh, and that's where the kind of the you know the real that's where we get a lot of our repeat business because um, we consistently deliver these and what we're finding as well we get lots of feedback and uh, from from the people attending so yeah it's it's very engaging 
Um, timeline is normally probably say about 12 weeks from start to finish from the consultation to the ROI report. Um, but from a time point of view for the individual, we're talking about maybe what, three, no, probably about three hours, 45 minutes investment in time for them to save two to three days a month. Fantastic. Well, we're coming very close to the end of the interview now, and I'm just um, I'm kind of into, I'm, I'm really really excited about ne- next week that I'm I'm actually coming along to one of your events. First one I've I've absolutely. been to a smarter not harder event in. We'll challenge in, your your your, your to do list. Absolutely. So I'm really really looking forward to that, and I'm just wondering with, with the show we're accessed in over fifty countries. I'm just wondering is is there a way because you're not. You're not, you know, you're not um, going to do these events uh, everywhere around the world. Is there a way that people can maybe access something virtually if they wanted to have this kind of an experience? And, and Absolutely. Take- so I, I think we, I was thinking about some of this. So what we've decided to do is that um, we we can run um, a virtual session in the new year in January, um, which will be a smart working session, probably split into two workshops which anyone can um, can can link into which enable them to access and to and to um, and to and to see and, and observe what we do in a typical workshop and and they'll be able to apply that back into into their workplaces so obviously in conjunction with yourself Chris I'll be happy to share that so I am I'll, I'll pass you the details over if they want to they can they can register um, for a place uh, on our website, which I'll show you, which you can show everyone at the end of the show. So we're at the end of the show now. So share it quick. Um, okay. So <laughs> it's um, so it's snh dot training forward slash Voice of America. So if you go to that website, it's probably going to be up next week, and then we're going to announce the actual. We're going to get the actual dates for the actual um, for the work, the virtual workshops probably early January, stroke mid-January, but uh, that's where you'll find all the details on our website. Excellent. Do you, and is it Voice, the, the, the channel is Voice America. Do you want Voice of America or Voice America? Uh, Voice, of, Voice of America. But if, they go to our, if they go to our website, which is snh.training, yep. that's they'll be able to find it there, www.snh.training. Fantastic. Well, I'm afraid we've got to go now because we we get we get cut off at the end of the show. But it's been absolutely brilliant having you on the show, and and just so many ideas there about working smarter, not harder. I know you guys are absolute experts when it comes to this. So I'm so I'm really looking forward, Simon, to seeing you next week and and uh, challenging my own my own way of uh, operating. And I do hope that people go to that link at uh, snh.training uh, and, um, and and find the details about that particular event and have the opportunity to save all of that time and uh, be able to do their work much more effectively. So, Simon, thank you so much for being on today. I hope you've enjoyed being on the show. Um, thank you for inviting me, Chris. I've really enjoyed it. But uh, I'll tell everyone, I hope everyone has a, a very, very happy Christmas and a prosperous new year. But uh, all the best. Excellent. Thank you very much. And on next week's show, we've got another amazing guest, Jane Gunn. Uh, she'll be on um, talking with me. Uh, she's a, a, a top uh, mediator. Um, we'll be talking about um, about mediation, but also the uh, a little bit around the, the the view of the way the world is uh, shifting and moving, and how we need to operate. Um, uh, with that so we're back again with you in next week uh, in the meantime if you've got any questions comments send them to chris at chriscooper.co.uk i always love to hear from you we thank you for listening to the chris cooper business elevation show 
Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.